Hi, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Numbers. My name is Dave Bookbinder. I'm a managing director at B. Riley Financial, and I'm also the author of the new ROI, Return on Individuals. And this is the show where we dig deeper to understand what really matters most in business. Thanks for joining us. Today, I'm pleased to welcome a friend of mine. Uh, I would consider him to be a wealth coach, and I'm talking about Caleb Williams, who's the founder and CEO of Better Wealth. Caleb, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Hey, it is a pleasure to be on the show. Uh, the pleasure is mine. Tell the audience a little bit about you. Well, before about two weeks ago, before I started this thing on my face called a beard, people would be like, what does a 15-year-old have anything to do say about anything with money? And, and the quick story in a nutshell is I grew up in central Wisconsin, oldest of six kids. Dad was a PhD molecular biology doctor, was going to follow in his footsteps until I took biology. Um, and then I just, you know, was like, okay, not going to do that. So what do I want to do? And got a job at a chicken farm, started making money and fell in love with this idea of like helping people with money. And that was just one of those things where it was always came natural to me. It was always something that I enjoyed to do. Um, then I got a job at a bank cause I was like, that would probably be a great place to, to learn about money. Um, then took over a bank's investment department when I was 19. That's a whole story in itself. Um, but I had this like very cliche statement that was said to me that I really took to heart. And the statement was, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I like took that to heart and I said, you know what? We're not doing people right in the financial service space. And so I went deep and asked people like yourself uh, to mentor me. And I think people pitied me and they're like, yeah, we're going to help this kid out because he has a he has a why greater than just himself just to make money. And so uh, make a long story short, went on a went on a journey left the bank when I was 21 years old after graduating college to start Better Wealth. And now we have clients in all 50 states. We teach a lot of the things that I learned on my journey and obviously have so much more. And so it's a pleasure to be on here. I, I'm excited uh, to, to riff on a multiple different topics and uh, have a ton of gr gratitude for who you are. Yeah, the beard definitely makes you at least two years older. So I'd call you maybe 17 now at this point, but good that's for right, you. That's right. Thank you. Thank yeah, that's you. a cool backstory. And maybe if we have time, we'll, we'll dig into that, that you are the youngest person to take over a bank's investment department. Uh, I'll yep. just say that and then let's move on. But you talk about your why, and a lot of the conversation today is really going to speak to your why. Uh, so why don't we start by your definition of wealth? Because I think you've got a unique definition of what that really means to people. Um, when, when I ask people about wealth, a lot of times they go right to the money and, and we think of, okay, you're wealthy if you have enough money. But then I ask you about Warren Buffett and Warren Buffett's over 94 years old. He's also worth over a hundred billion dollars. And you and I would not trade places with Warren Buffett and, and majority of people that are watching this or listening to this would not trade places with Warren Buffett. That means we're, we're creating a value that's greater than just money. We value other things like time, like relationships. And so my definition of wealth is, is a sum total of your time, your talents, your relationships, and your resources. So money is a part of it, but if your health is not right, if your relationships are not great, if you're not finding fulfillment in your work, you're going to find that your wealth, quote unquote, that sum total of your time, talents, relationships, and resources are not not well. Yeah, so when you're sitting down with a client or, or a prospect who's just getting to know you, how do you help them to, to construct, I'll call it a framework for thinking about wealth in this holistic fashion? Yeah, so the framework all has to start with where, what you actually want. Um, when I was working at the bank, again, I couldn't articulate all these things, but I could articulate this concept of ROR. And majority of people in, in the space that you and I live in um, talk about ROR as uh, rate of return or return on risk. 
But really, if you reverse engineer that, it's like, okay, what do people really want? So we started talking about ROR as return on result. What are the results that you want out of life? And make that the metric. Make that the number one metric. And then once you have that as the metric, then, then we can reverse engineer and say, okay, if we want this, then what do we need to do with our money? What do we need to do with our cash flow? How can we analyze debt? How can we analyze our investments? How can we look at risk management? And make sure everything's in a line to make sure that we can show up powerfully today and in the future. And so I think the biggest thing with our framework is starting with the end in mind and not just saying retirement or 4% rule or we want this amount of income. Like that's not bad, but a lot of times we have to start on a deeper reason. And then it's looking essentially just at the money flowing in and money only does two things. It can be saved or consumed and, and figuring out how we can be more efficient with the money leaving us and how we can get better investments or have better strategies for the money that we're retaining and making sure that we're managing it properly but it all is it comes from the the level of where we actually want to go and so that's really the framework from a standpoint of getting really clear on where you want to go and then analyzing everything from there and then you are financially successful if you're able to live intentionally so one of the things with uh you're wealthy is you are truly wealthy if you're living life on your terms if you're living intentionally and and you can do that by just going through the your time, talents, relationships, and all of that, and making sure that you're being intentional with those. Yeah, and I've got to think that there's a, an iterative process that you've got to go through, right? Because most people, are, if they're asked that question, like, what, what are your goals? Uh, yeah. Retirement, right? Uh, maybe it's you know, saving for education for kids and so forth. But how do you, how do you tease out the, the, the bigger goals? And, and what are the, some of the things that your clients are, are telling you that they'd like to be doing as a goal? Yeah, you, you asked the question, if money wasn't an issue at all, what would you be doing? And that that and then usually you ask some why questions after that. But but it's like if money didn't exist, what what would you be doing? And then one of the questions I ask on on my show is if this was your last day on earth and you're with the people that you love the most and you couldn't give them any book, podcast, couldn't give them any recorded talks, but you just had one last conversation, what would you be talking about? Those two questions are kind of like right field and left field question to kind of get us to be okay. Like, what would I talk about if this is like my last moments with you? And if money didn't matter, what would I do? Well, you know, some people say vacation, but then when we start asking deeper questions, they realize like, oh, that's just kind of like a, the knee jerk, how's the weather answer to that question. Those two questions when asked and, and asked intentionally really get to the root of what what truly matters with somebody. And you, what, what we try to find is what your underlying core values are. Like what, what do you ultimately make decisions based off of? Because if I can highlight those, oh my goodness, I, I, I've seen transformation after transformation when people understand why they make the decisions that they make. Yeah. So Caleb, are you helping uh, younger folks in, in learning how to manage their wealth and build their wealth? Yeah. I mean, we have, we have clients that are, you know, under 10 and we have clients that are over 75 years old. So I would say the average clients are in the mid thirties, but we have a, a large range. And I actually had the opportunity to go back and teach and, and encourage some of the people that uh, went, attended college and high school with me. And so it's always fun to talk to young people who can really have majority of their life ahead of them. Yeah. And I asked that question because uh, I know a lot of young folks who uh, often complain that you know in their education, whether it's high school or college or both, that they're not really taught money management skills, yep. right? And even how to balance a checkbook, let alone how to invest properly. Uh, and I know in, in recent 
days, we've seen headlines in, in Reddit stocks. Uh, I won't mention any of them by name, but you know the ones we're talking about, where there was a whole boatload of speculation and people rush into those things. I'd like you just to talk about that, when you, the idea of chasing returns and how folks can, I'll say, maybe manage their emotions and not get swept up in that kind of mania. Yeah, it really really comes down to gambling, and it comes down to if we don't have an end goal or if we don't have the principles um, put, put like in, in underlying, it just we're we're gonna go and we're gonna try to do a quick win, and and it's one of those things where it's not underlying in any value. It's it's really underlying in greed, and and regardless of what we think about Bitcoin and other things, like this is this is my take on all that. I believe the technology. And the philosophy is pretty solid, and I believe that majority of the activities are going to zero, um, because majority of people are interacting and exchanging with zero um, value-based um, mentality, and they're just trying to get a quick win. And so, one of the things that I try to do, especially when I'm teaching young young people, uh, everyone needs to hear this, by the way, but helping them understand that money follows value, and money is just essentially currency. It's essentially debt for value, and so if we can understand that whether you invest, whether you go to school to get a job, regardless, you think of like, okay, how do you know something valuable? Well, there's a supply and demand for that. And so it's just trying to get back to the fundamentals because if we don't have the fundamentals, we can believe anything in the world and we can do some of the dumbest things because there's no underlying framework to to go after that. And so I try to build a framework for everything and for the framework of investing, it's money follows value. And if we want to amplify the value, we need to number one, um, there needs to be a supply and demand, and then we have to look at levers. What are the levers that we can do in an investment or in our life to amplify that value? A lot of times people are trying to leverage, but they don't have the value. And so you're leveraging something that's not valuable, which means you're going to go bankrupt or expose yourself. Um, and that's that's unfortunately what, we, what we're seeing a lot of because our generation understands leverage, but if you don't have it underlying in value, um, you're going to be worse off. Yeah, well said. Caleb, for folks watching and listening, if they want to connect with you or maybe work with you, how can they reach you? Uh, betterwealth.com is our website. And if anyone watches this or emails emails me at Caleb at betterwealth.com, we, we have a special um, checklist and, and packages for all your listeners uh, for free that if they email me, I'll, I'll send them. That's awesome. Thank you. So, Caleb, we have about three minutes or so to go here in this first segment, but I want to ask you about emergency funds. You know, that was one of the first things that I was taught growing up, that you need to you know, save for the rainy day, put money aside. Talk about emergency funds and how they're being viewed today. Yeah, emergency funds are, are so, so important because um, I believe that you are your number one asset. And a lot of times people will compromise their ability to show up powerfully and impact the world and think, think freely because there's no margin. Um, so I'm a big, big fan of having a cash reserves and cash equivalent. So I'm going to break this down. I, I'm conservative. So I have over six months to a year of actual cash that I could tap into. But I also have cash um, like um, cash alternatives and other things that I could tap into, like home equity and, and life insurance loans and other things that I could even get, get access to even more so because I have no idea what the future holds. One of the key philosophies is, what is the rate of return of safe money? And it's really hard to answer unless it's like, it really, it's up to you. Because the rate of return of peace of mind for me is huge. Like in business, we're able to take big risk. We're able to hire new people, create a movie. Why? Because I'm not worried of next month's payroll. 
So it's really important whether you're just a you know personal person just going to work or whether you're building a business, it's really, really important that you have reserves and it's number one will help you be think more freely and, and have more peace of mind, but it'll also allow you to be more strategic and maybe take advantage of an opportunity that, you know, when every when the market's down and everyone's freaking out, you have you have some savings, you can go take advantage of that and make a killing. And so that's kind of how I see it from a standpoint of um, the mindset, but then also the opportunity to build wealth. Yeah. Hey, on that note, Caleb, don't go anywhere. We're going to have to take a quick break. So for you watching and listening, don't go anywhere either. We'll be right back on Behind the Numbers after this quick break. Dr. Mark and Liz from Marriage Matters, a show that inspires, instills hope, and empowers couples to weather the stresses of married life. Join us each week to hear how couples, real couples like you, have overcome challenges that were hurting their marriages, as well as getting expert advice on ways to nurture a happy and healthy relationship. Tune in Fridays at 4.30 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 a.m. on RVN-TV. The new Kentucky Fried Chicken Sandwich with brioche buns, mayo, pickles, and a quarter pound filet as far as the eye can see. Get comfy, it's gonna be a while. This thing's huge. Get the new Kentucky Fried Chicken Sandwich for just $3.99. It's finger licking good. And welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and today we're talking with Caleb Williams, who is the founder and CEO of Better Wealth. He's also the host of the Better Wealth Podcast, which is available everywhere. Make sure you check that out. And uh, Caleb's going to tell us where you can find that, too, in a little bit here. So, Caleb, welcome back for round two. Um, you mentioned something in, at the end of the first segment that I want to I pick up on when you said that you are your most valuable asset. Talk about that. It's interesting. On a balance sheet, you're not going to find your name anywhere, <laughs> but it's you are the most important asset to your financial life or to your business life. When I was working at the bank... Um, people would come in and they would have all kinds of questions. And I just kind of like, there was a moment, there was like an epiphany that I had that was like, okay, what are we even doing here? Like what in the world are we even doing here? I have business owners coming in, they're doing X, Y, and Z with their money. They're begging the bank for a loan. They're taking their free money. They're locking it up in accounts they may not have. And I'm just thinking like, is this, is this system helping you, helping you show up more powerfully? And, and so number one, they didn't know, and no one asked them what they actually wanted. Number two, they didn't have a way of actually valuing themselves and, and determining if a plan or a strategy was successful based on what they wanted to do. And so, again, this is not rocket science, but it's like you have wealth, you have influence, you have happiness, you, you might have the antithesis of that, but that's really because of you. And we need to have a system, we need to have conversations based on this concept of you being the number one asset and making sure everything that you do with your time and money is, is propping that up. Because what I'm finding is a lot of people in the way that they think about their, their money, they're devaluing themselves. They're diversifying their ability to have an impact. And as a result, you're living this like um, politically correct life when it comes to your money, and yet you're just miserable and you're not able to have an impact. And so th that's the thing that I get really, really passionate about because majority of the way that people think about their money is a direct evaluation on their ability to show up powerfully. Yeah. Now you're talking about accountability though, right? Yep. 
I mean, accountability needs to be a part of that because a lot of people are lying to themselves as it relates to how they spend their time, who they, who they hang around and how their money works for them. Yeah. So talk about lying, lying to yourselves. Uh, you know, the frivolous expenditures at, at the coffee shop, for instance. How do you change those habits when folks think that you know, this, this is something I deserve, I've earned this, and they're ignoring the, the monthly outflows and the alternatives that they could be you know, investing or spending that money in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things, and I don't get into the budgeting world and telling okay. you if you should, you know, have that latte or or not. But this is one thing that all of our clients uh, are super aware of is opportunity cost. Every decision you make doesn't just have a consequence immediately, but it has a lifetime consequence. So, for instance, you know, if I pay five dollars for a latte, that five dollars I can't just see that as five dollars leaving. I, I I now have to say goodbye to that five dollars for the rest of my life. It will no longer compound for me. It will no longer con be controlled by me ever again. That 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 latte is ultimately a couple hundred dollar latte. Now, I'm not someone that's saying don't do those things. I'm just saying be aware of that because every decision we make has a consequence. Um, and and opportunity cost um, is a is a thing more than just money. It's time. And so what we found as a company is if you're aware of that and you're tracking that, you just you just spend money on what you value. Because yeah, we, we could be miserable um, as it as it be as it all like we could be super miserable as it relates to just holding on to money and never spending it. But we have to see the value of that, and we the only way that we can truly realize the value is understanding 30, 40, 50 years of what that money could be for us, so that we can truly appreciate the decisions that we're making with our money. Yeah, and, and part of that is is a real understanding of that, right? Because when you start talking about you know the decision on that latte today and the impact of making that purchase 30 years from now. That's almost incomprehensible in terms of how folks can process that. So how how do you really make that point clear? Well, I, I'm a big fan of calculators. Um, ah, so you're doing the numbers. I think for it's them. one of those things where you know I, I wrote this in a in my book where it's like okay, I spent cash for my first car, and and we we don't have to get into buying cash or renting and all these things or leasing, but I spent ten thousand uh, dollars for my first car, and I thought that was the best way to do it. But but when I when someone showed me that, okay, Caleb, you gave up ten thousand dollars of your money and it's no longer able to earn for you ever again, that car that I no longer drive cost me really a hundred to hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars on what my money could have been worth if I just compounded it and don't even include the the aspect of of control. And so that number one, I'm not saying that was a bad decision. I was saying I didn't know that. So now that I'm aware of that, now when I'm going to buy the car, now I now I have two questions. So should I buy this car? And what's the most efficient way to purchase that car? And maybe debt is the most efficient way to purchase that car based on what what our assumptions are. And so really it's being self-aware. And then this is not a pitch for coaching, but this is the importance of why it's important to have a, a third-party non-emotional person to help you make financial decisions because uh, for some people they should be paying cash for cars for some people they should be leasing cars for some people they should be renting cars and it really goes down to the variables because all the variables are different and having someone to be able to help unemotionally identify the most efficient way to do that yeah and i think that's the big thing right there taking the the emotion out of the the equation uh you mentioned the book so i, I wanted to talk about that too so tell us about it it's called the and asset tell yeah. us uh, what it's the, about and where we can get it yeah, uh, you can get it on Amazon or any anywhere books are sold. Um, you can also get it at our website at betterwealth.com. And the book is essentially just a, 
a you know pretty easy i i get this comment a lot like caleb this was a really easy read and i take that as a compliment by the way um and it's essentially a, a breakdown of um the basics of money and then why i believe that when set up and used properly life insurance can be an amazing foundational asset to save some of your money or have some of your money in your portfolio and i talk about life insurance not as the it asset not as the investment but as the enhancer, the thing that can help your stock portfolio, that can help you with real estate, that can help be the foundation of your of your business. And so that's why I talk about it being the and, not the or. You don't have to choose between one or the other. And so that was like the first book that ultimately blew up our business from a standpoint of like, you know, I, I wrote it so that I wouldn't have to say the same thing over and over. And 12,000 copies later, it's still rolling. And it's humbling every time that I hear from somebody or someone says, hey, I read your book and it made me think about compound interest this way or, or, or it changed the way that I thought about X, Y, or Z. And I'm just always humbled to hear uh, from people about that. Yeah, that's awesome. You're also an entrepreneur, business owner. And I know that culture is a very important component to you when you talk about you being the most valuable asset. You, you bring that into your day to day. Talk a little bit about how you built your business and how culture was an important framework for you. Yeah, we, we built our business on, on, the, on the backs of incredible people that believed in us and, and incredible people that are currently in the trenches helping us build this. And people are everything to me. Um, and I just, again, I go back to I'm going to die someday. And so what are the things that are truly going to live on? It's going to be the memories. Um, and so we really want to have a culture of people that um, love working with people and, and serving, but are also living an intentional life. And so um, that, that is everything. We have a team of, of 15 people. We are totally virtual. And one of the things that we do that I think creates that um, camaraderie is we have a daily huddle. It's 15 minutes. We just share with people what, what, our, um, what our win yesterday was, uh, what we're going to do today. And then we have an accountability session and we're like, I either did what I said I was going to do or I didn't. And what that does is it just creates that camaraderie it creates that accountability but it also makes it where you're seeing a lot of people love virtual but there's a lot of problems with virtual if i'm being frank and so what we're trying to do is take the benefits of virtual but still um, infuse that that accountability and that camaraderie and so we do that and then we also intentionally meet on a quarterly basis with our whole team um, just to it's an it's an investment that we're willing to make so that we have that in-person time nice I want to talk a little bit about your podcast. So you host a show called Better Wealth. Great name. <laughs> and uh, you've been doing that for quite some time now. I know you've accumulated a great number of episodes. And I wanted to ask you about some of the, the more interesting conversations that you might have had or some of the more interesting lessons that have come out of those conversations that you might be able to share with us. Yeah, I really, really appreciate that question. Um, I had the opportunity to interview um, the father of the 401k. And for those people that uh, follow me, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty critical against the 401k and I'm grateful for those conversations because it opened my eyes and it's made me a better listener and it made me a better coach. Um, so grateful for that. Uh, the Millionaire Next Door, which is a book that so many people have been impacted by. It's one of the top books uh, in the financial space. I became really good friends with Dr. Bill Danko, the author of that. Um, had him on and just again another conversation that just expands your mind and so those are two like those are two people that i interviewed that were like a really big deal in the space right. my favorite interview was interviewing um the person that helped me found better wealth that actually died um he died of cancer um year two into to the building of better wealth and we got to sit down and do an interview and he talked about his values he talked about his story he talked about his why he talked about the things that were most important to him 
and that podcast lives on. And his son, who was, you know, 17 when he passed away, just had their first son. And the thought of their of of the kids that will never, never be able to see their grandpa, you know, hear that story just like literally brings chills to my, you know, me right now. And so the thought of uh, the leverage effect of, of cast, like those conversations that matter and that are going to live on are really meaningful. One of the thing that I did is I interviewed my grandparents who are still alive, who are like my heroes. And that inner, like I have two hours of their, how they met their stories, their values and all those, all those things. And I'm just so grateful for the technology today to be able to do that because God willing, I'll have kids someday. And I don't know if they're going to meet my grandparents, but I, I want them to be able to um, know their story. Yeah, that's awesome. Once again, Caleb, tell folks how they can connect with you if they want to reach out to you. So betterwealth.com is the website. My email is caleb at betterwealth.com. And um, if you if you love podcasts, you can listen to us at uh, Better Wealth Podcast. It's on any it's on Spotify, Apple and anywhere. And then we're also on YouTube. We have it's, it's called Caleb with Better Wealth. We have a YouTube channel where we go through a bunch of different content. And so that's, those are the best ways to follow us. Yeah, good stuff on those channels too. Definitely check it out. Uh, Caleb, we're down to just the last couple of minutes here in the program, but I want to give you an opportunity to share some advice with the audience, okay? In all the conversations that you've had, I'm, I'm thinking there probably are some recurring themes that are kind of the hot button issues that you're addressing with your clients. What are they and, and what's your, I'll use the term counsel for the folks who are watching and listening to you. Yeah, it really, it, it, we take a step back and we say, okay, let's, let's put money and let's park it over here and let's talk about your one life because you only have one life. We are all going to die. And I'm shocked how many people are living life to a fraction of their God-given potential because they're not like, they're just like, don't want to even want to talk about it. And so really it all comes down to getting super, super clear on where you want to go. Alice in Wonderland, like the, the famous uh, Alice in Wonderland quote when she's at the fork in the road and the cat asks her where she wants to go and she says, I don't know. The cat, cat says, well, if you don't know where you want to go, any road will get you there. Welcome to America. Right. And so I'm just like, I just want people to grasp the, the value of life. And I truly believe if you can start articulating what you want, you can start dreaming again, you can start um, creating that, then everything else is easy. But the problem is a lot of people don't have the compass. And so it's like, all right, I, why put my money in an index? Why put my money in a Roth IRA? Why, why fund a life insurance policy? Like it doesn't matter. And it truly doesn't if you don't have a reason to make it matter. Once you have that, then everything else gets easier. And there's so many other tactics. And, you know, value leveraging is this concept of create value and then maximize that. I think it's one of the best ways to build wealth. And that is a framework we walk walk with people. But again, it's a framework that's not that powerful if you don't have a reason to make it powerful. Yeah. And this is why I really enjoy talking to you because you know, as a wealth coach, you know, we, we could have spent this program talking about investing strategies, like you said, index funds, individual stocks, asset allocation, portfolio, and we didn't. So uh, thanks for sharing your, your why and your story with us, Caleb. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure, and I appreciate who you are and what you're up to in the world, and it's been an honor to be on the show. That's my pleasure. Thank you so much. We've been talking today with Caleb Williams, who is the founder and CEO of Better Wealth. My name is Dave Bookbinder, and I'm the person that my clients turn to when they want to know what their most important assets are worth. So feel free to reach out to me. You can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm always happy to have a conversation. Thank you for watching and listening. We can't do this without you. Please be sure to hit the subscribe button. Stay in touch with us. And we'll see you next time on Behind the Numbers, everyone. Take care.